Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. For the second straight year, the Kansas City Chiefs find themselves a win away from the Super Bowl. This is the Arrowhead Attic Podcast a part of the Fanside Podcasting Network, and I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can find me on Twitter, at Ryland underscore Styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Today's show, will be recapping the Texans game, previewing the Titans game, and also previewing the NFC Championship. Before the Texans game, I said, if the Chiefs cannot get to the Super Bowl this year, with all that has happened for them, it will never, ever come to be under Andy Reid and in this current regime. Let's think first about what had to happen to lead up to this event, to lead up to the Chiefs hosting the Texans. The Dolphins had to beat the Patriots in the final week of the regular season, giving you the bye week. The Titans then had to beat the Patriots in Foxborough to allow you to play the Texans instead of the three-seeded Patriots. And then, on top of all of that, the night before this game kicked off, the Titans dethroned the Ravens, who everyone was going crazy about during this season as the best team in football, that electric offense. People were saying that's something we've never seen before, and yet Tennessee did you a favor, beat the Ravens, and allowed you to win this game and host the AFC Championship for the second straight season. So all the cars were aligning for the Kansas City Chiefs prior to kickoff. You feel like you're the much better team? I said it last week. The Texans do not do anything better than the Chiefs. Their run game is similar. The Chiefs throw the ball better. The Chiefs have a better offensive line. The Chiefs have a better defense. The Chiefs have a better coach and a better coaching staff. This should have been a no-stress game. But instead, a blown coverage long touchdown within the first three minutes of the game gives the Texans a 7-0 lead. And then a ton of drops on your first possession go go 3 and out. And the punt for that 3 and out gets blocked for a touchdown, so you're immediately down 14 to nothing. And at this point, it's feeling dangerous. So you get the ball back and Andy Reid punts down 14 to nothing at the Texans 45. And right here is when I thought this game is over. I thought it's clear Andy Reid has not grown. He has not learned from his past mistakes. He's still coaching scared. He's still coaching the same way that he always has. Patrick Mahomes in fourth and short at the 45 should not have been a punting situation when you're down two possessions. The Texans got those yards back from the punt that you gain yards on. They got back to the 45 in three plays. So you did all of that for three plays when you could have just stayed on the field and possibly gotten that first down. That's why that punt there was stupid, and it made me feel like, okay, this is the same old Chiefs story. Of course, they eventually go down 24 to nothing, and here was the first turning point of the game for me. Whenever Bill O'Brien backed out of going for it, 
whenever it was fourth and short, if he gets that first down, I believe the Texans go down and score another touchdown. And from there, it is completely over. And the Chiefs are completely demoralized. But because Bill O'Brien is a bad coach, and because he backed off of his initial instinct to go for it, I think that is what caused this, really this turnaround, this comeback. And from there, the rest, as they say, is history. The Chiefs, thanks to Mecole Hardman sparking a 58-yard punt return, scored a touchdown in two plays. They got a three and out, stopped a fake punt. Daniel Sorsen came up with a huge tackle, the biggest tackle of his life and the biggest tackle of the game. Because again, if they get that first down, who knows how different this game ends. So from there, you get another touchdown, go down 24-14. Of course, the Texans fumbled the kickoff, which is a huge benefit for the Chiefs, which turnovers generally in that instance are luck turnovers. But still, it helped the Chiefs greatly, and then Travis Kelsey punches it in. They ended up taking the lead before halftime, you all know that. The first talking point of this game, I think, has to be Travis Kelsey. I said last week on the preview show, Travis Kelsey has failed in big games time and time again. And on the first two possessions, it looked like he was going to fail again. He had two huge drops, as did his wide receiver and pass-catching counterparts. Everyone had a case of the drops in the first two possessions. But Travis Kelsey looked like a shell of himself the first two possessions. And it looked like he was freezing up in the big moments again. Instead, he ends the game with 10 receptions, 134 yards, and 3 touchdowns. By far his best game in the postseason. By far his best game in any game of importance. Of any big game for the Chiefs, regular season or postseason. By far his best game. And in fact, I'd go as far to say the most impactful game from a tight end in in a postseason game. They could not stop Travis Kelsey. And if this game remained close down the stretch, his stats could have been even better. And he did all that in the second half while hurt. He had a phenomenal game. Phenomenal. That was the best game I've seen Travis Kelsey play. For the first time, he wasn't a good tight end. He was an elite tight end. He was an unguardable tight end. He was a guy that could not be stopped. He's always been one of the best tight ends in football. His whole career, for the most part, he's been one of the best in football. But for the first time in his career, especially in a big game, he became unguardable. There was no matchup. There was no defense. There was no scheme Romeo Cornell could have put out there to slow down Travis Kelsey. And frankly, if we're going to spoil the preview section a little bit, I don't think the Texans, I mean, excuse me, I don't think the Titans have that either. I don't think that the Titans have the ability to slow down Kelsey with the injuries they have to their linebacking core. So he was huge in this game. And he was the the biggest talking point, I think, from this game. Of course, at halftime, it was 28-24. The Chiefs had a lot of momentum. And from there, you know, despite the score being close, despite the score being anyone's game on the scoreboard, the momentum, the body language, it felt like the Chiefs had already won. It was an incredible game to watch. Very stressful in the first half, of course, especially the first quarter. And for the second straight, excuse me, not the second straight, but for the second game of the year, the Chiefs go for 28 points in one quarter, the second quarter. It is, for the first time this season, whenever you see this Chiefs offense and it looks like it's elite form of last year. 
The Raiders game was fun, but it, was, it lasted a quarter. That magical second quarter in Oakland. This was a magical second quarter, and then they never stopped. They never slowed up. They looked, again, unstoppable. It was incredibly fun to watch this offense cook again, and I think that that can give them momentum going into the AFC title game at home. Damian Williams is another piece to this puzzle. He had 12 carries for 45 yards and two touchdowns. He had a ton of angry runs where he was just determined to get the yardage needed. And and again, 47 yards does not sound like a big deal, but the two leading rushers from this game were Patrick Mahomes and Damian Williams. So the Chiefs' run defense shut down Carlos Hyde and Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson had less rushing yards than Mahomes did. Carlos Hyde had, had less rushing yards than Damian Williams did. Damian Williams does not need to be a 100-yard guy. He does not need to be a 150-yard guy. 50 to 70 yards is perfect for Damian Williams. As long as he gets the tough yardage that they need, the short yardage, the goal line yardage, as long as he can do that, that's a perfect fit for this offense. Perfect fit. Damian Williams is a different animal in December and January. He turns it on like no other, and really... You, you might want to keep him around and just use him in December and January from now on. Amazing game from him, as we've seen through down the stretch of the last season and this season. He really gets going at the end of the year. I talked about Travis Kelsey being the biggest talking point of this game. The most impactful talking point to me is Andy Reid. I think that the first quarter, you are right to have reservations on this team. You're right to say that this game was over. You're right to be frustrated and upset. I think that this freezing cold takes culture has gotten a little bit out of hand. I am not going to begrudge anyone who called this game over in the first quarter. I'm not going to begrudge anyone who let their frustrations out on this 24-0 game in the first quarter on Twitter. You have to know going into it that that's what Twitter is. Anyone can sit up here on a podcast a week later and say, wow, what a game that was. How dare you give up on the team? Look at this tweet from this guy. Twitter is an instant reaction. It's an instant reaction to the game you're watching. It is instant analysis. And all that there was to to analyze on Sunday was a 24-0 Houston lead, a Houston team that looked much more prepared Looked much more ready to play. Looked well coached. Looked looked more coached up than the Kansas City Chiefs did at home. The Chiefs got hit in the mouth. They got outplayed. They got out physical. They got out coached for the first quarter and a half. And then they turned it on. So really, the analysis of the first quarter on Twitter was correct. That's what was happening in the first quarter. And now we talk about Andy Reid. Here's where it changed. I talked about his stupid decision to punt the football at the 45, down 14 to nothing. But here's where the the switch flipped for Andy Reid. In the second half, he had an opportunity to sweep the leg, and he did. For the first time in Andy Reid's coaching career, not just Kansas City, but coaching career, let me stress that again, for the first time, In Andy Reid's coaching career, he swept the leg and he dominated a football game. 
he turned a game that was 24 to nothing into a game that was 51-31 final score. And you can only do that not by getting up 28-24 at the halftime and sitting on the lead. You can only do that by continuing to run your offense in the second half. Andy Reid did not change his play calling until he got the ball back and the Texans had no timeouts and were waving the white flag. Until that point, they were not running the ball out. They were throwing the ball around the yard and allowed Patrick Mahomes to get 321 yards in the air and five touchdowns. He kept his foot on the gas for the first time in his entire career. He made a statement. And that's what it's going to take to win on Sunday. You have to continue to keep your foot on the gas. And I thought that Andy Reid's play calling in the second half was perfect. There was not one thing about that second half play calling I would have changed. There was not one decision like the punt in the first half that I second guess. It was perfect play calling. And I will be the first to give Andy Reid credit for that. I'll also be the first to rip him if he does something wrong. That's the, that's the job of an NFL head coach. He had a phenomenal second half. Now, if the Chiefs can do that in the first and the second half, they'd really be in business. But this team is so dangerous because they don't even need the first half to be able to score 51 points and completely annihilate you. I always tweet about it whenever the Chiefs have a sweep-the-leg opportunity. And that came whenever the Chiefs were up by a possession, two possessions, and they really could have just ended the game, and they did. For the first time this year, they swept the leg and they ended it. If you want to know more about that, you can read my Sweep the Leg article on arrowheadaddict.com. I hope after Sunday I get to write an amendment to that. I hope that after Sunday I get to write that Andy Reid has learned his lesson and that Andy Reid has changed his ways from the first Titans game. So let's talk about that Titans game coming up on Sunday at 2.05 at Arrowhead Stadium, the AFC title. The Chiefs are a 7-point favorite in this game. Of course, this game will be on CBS, that line courtesy of our friends over at the Action Network. This Titans team is an interesting one. I think much like we did last week in the preparation for the Sunday game against the Texans, we're doing a lot of that same thing this week. We're talking so much about last meeting, the last time these two teams played. Well, the last time these two teams played... It was Patrick Mahomes' first game back on the field. He lit it up in the first half. Andy Reid got too cute, and he failed to sweep the leg, as as I wrote about in the Sweep the Leg article. This was what sparked that article. The fact that the Kansas City Chiefs were able to get two game winning stops on defense in the final two minutes. Excuse me, final five minutes. And your MVP and your Hall of Fame head coach could not finish the game off. That was dreadful to me. Dreadful. The Tennessee Titans won that game 35-32. Let's take a look at how that happened. First of all, you had the Dustin Colquitt intentional grounding call. What is a veteran punter doing to where he just has to throw the ball away like he's never seen a snap before? Terrible play by him. Then you have the block, the blocked field goal at the end, which Tennessee attributes to them knowing the snap count. Again, you have a veteran kicker, a veteran punter, and a very veteran 
long snapper. How are they guessing the snap count? They said they could do it every single time that they wanted to. I don't understand how they could do that. You each had one turnover in this game. The Chiefs had the ball longer, had more first downs, and outgained the the Tennessee Titans. My thing in this one is, you had nine penalties and a turnover. Not even accounting for the sloppy special teams of the block punt, the intentional grounding. The Kansas City Chiefs beat themselves. Honestly and truthfully, they beat themselves in the first meeting. Even with Derrick Henry going for almost 200 yards and two touchdowns, the Kansas City Chiefs made the stops at the end of that game to win the contest. So that's not the best that's not the best litmus test for how this game on Sunday is going to go. The Kansas City Chiefs and the Titans are not even comparable to me. The quarterback advantage to the Chiefs is far superior obviously. I'd rather have Patrick Mahomes than Ryan Tannehill. Now the rushing the rushing edge goes to Tennessee just as great. I'd much rather have Derrick Henry than Damian Williams or LaShawn McCoy or whoever the Chiefs are going to throw out there in the backfield. Obviously it's going to be Damian Williams for most of the game. The receiving edge goes greatly to the Kansas City Chiefs, although I do like A.J. Brown. I do like Corey Davis. I just think that Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Mikael Hardman, Sammy Watkins are all guys who can do much more with a much better quarterback. And the defense, given the injuries on both sides, I think the Chiefs have the slight edge, but neither one of these defenses truly pop off the page. I think that both offenses are hard to stop in different ways. The Chiefs can light you up for 51 points in a blink of an eye, and Tennessee will just grind you down because it's incredibly hard to tackle Derrick Henry in the sun, much less in the cold when those hits start hurting more and more and more and more. The bottom line for this game to me is that if the Kansas City Chiefs can get out to a fast start, they're going to win the game. They cannot get down 24-0. I don't think that they can even get down 17-0 or 14-0 and win this game. They need a fast start. Not to force the Titans to pass, but to just keep pace with them. If they can just keep pace, keep pace, keep pace, the, the Chiefs are going to win in the end. Home field advantage. Titans are a much younger team. I think that the Chiefs cannot afford a slow start. We were all tweeting in the Texans game at at, at 21-0, 24-0, the ball game is over. If that happens on Sunday, it's truly and honestly over. But the reason I'm picking the Chiefs minus 7 is because I don't see that happening again. I don't see the Chiefs looking so unprepared in the first quarter at home with what is at stake. A, A Super Bowl bid is at stake here against a team you know you should beat. All you have to do is play your game and you're going to beat them. There is not a scenario that I can foresee where the Chiefs play good football for the first quarter and get out to a good start and lose this game. There's not a situation that I can foresee outside of, again, unforeseen circumstances like a Ryan Tannehill self-pass touchdown or any other wild playoff heartbreak the Chiefs have had, but they have proven This is a different team than those teams were. If you get out to a fast start and Andy Reid coaches the second half the way he did last week, there is no way Tennessee can beat you. 
If you get out to a slow start, Tennessee will beat you. I think that this game will be defined in the first 15 minutes. In the first 15 minutes, we will know which way this game is going. Because again, if the Texans, if the if the Titans get out to a fast start, they're going to beat you. If you get out to a fast start, you'll beat the, the Tennessee Titans. I, I just don't see this game going to whoever starts slow. If you start slow in this game, I think that you're dead in the water. I really do. Let me know what you think on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. It's at R Y L A N underscore S T I L E S. So Kansas City's a seven point favorite against the Titans at home. Last week they still covered minus nine and a half despite getting down by 24 points. I'll take Kansas City minus seven in this one. I just don't see the start being that bad. I, I, I just don't see a situation where you can start slow again with all that's at stake, with all that you know is going to happen. Breaking news here, Chris Jones did not practice yet again. I think that Chris Jones sitting out, being hurt, is really, really hurting his contract ability, his contract negotiation. You prove each and every day that you are less valuable. If, if you're front seven with Frank Clark and a bunch of of mismatched parts are still producing without you. Last week, that front seven was still very good. And all it had was Frank Clark and Terrell Suggs. Imagine how much better that they'd be with Chris Jones. I think that he's cost himself a lot of money before the season. He really wanted to put himself in that category of Aaron Donald, that category of an elite defensive lineman, which he is. He's still elite. But part of getting paid that way is being available and and showing out on these big stages. Guys get paid for simply having a good playoff run all the time. And when you're not available on the biggest stages to make the biggest impact, to slow down Derrick Henry when no one has been able to since that Chiefs game, who's been on a tear since, what was that game, week nine, has been on an absolute tear, for you to be the one to redeem yourself and slow him down would be huge for your contract negotiations. But it's not looking like he's going to play. He's missed two straight practices to this point. Obviously missed last week's game as well and last week's practices at the end of the week. I hope he plays. I thought for sure he would play if you would have asked me on Monday. Same answer on Tuesday. Now on Thursday, I'm getting a little concern. A little concern that he won't play. So bottom line, to recap everything, the Texans' comeback was awesome to watch. I don't begrudge anyone who counted them out in the first quarter, second quarter. Andy Reid had his best play calling in the second half of his entire coaching career. Travis Kelsey finally showed up for a big game. And I just don't see how Tennessee can, one, slow down Travis Kelsey. Two, slow down this offense. Three, if the offense starts fast, keep pace with them. So as long as the offense doesn't spot them 24 points again, I think that this game is clearly going to go to the Chiefs. Now, if you spot them 14 points, you know, 17 points, 24 points, obviously, with that run game, the, 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 the Titans are going to the Super Bowl, and the NFL would panic in a heartbeat. The NFL, if you believe in conspiracies, if you believe that the NFL controls outcomes of games, then you should have no fear heading into Sunday. The NFL desperately wants the Chiefs to win this game. If you truly believe that the NFL front offices have rooting interests and and control outcomes of games, and have an effect on the outcome of games, you should have no fear in this one because the Kansas City Chiefs are by far 
going to draw the most eyeballs on the uh, eyeballs on the Super Bowl by far. Half of the casual NFL fans who who will watch the Super Bowl and the non-NFL fans who will watch the Super Bowl don't even know Tennessee has a team. But they know about Patrick Mahomes. Right or wrong, they know about Terry Hill. This Kansas City Chiefs team is going to make for the best television for the Super Bowl. I think that they're also just the better team on Sunday. They won't need any help. As long as they get out to that fast start, give me the Chiefs minus 7. I'll go ahead and lay that down right now. Let's talk quickly about their opponent. Again, I think that if you are a conspiracy theorist and you believe that the NFL has a great impact on these outcomes, they're going to want the Packers. They're going to want a rematch of Super Bowl One, Aaron Rodgers-Mahomes. I don't think that we get that matchup. If it's not in the Super Bowl this year, I don't think that we ever get that Patrick Mahomes-Aaron Rodgers matchup. It was supposed to happen earlier this year. Instead, Mahomes got hurt. It was off the table on Sunday Night Football. Would have been the would have been the biggest ratings draw of the season if those two quarterbacks matched up. They desperately want that to happen. However, the last time these two teams met. The 49ers absolutely, positively dominated the Packers without question. They left no doubt that they were the better team than the Packers. And I've been fading the 49ers all year long. If you've listened to this podcast, I've constantly said, I don't know about this team. I'm not very sold on the the 49ers. I'm not very bought in on the 49ers. I'm not quite sure. But at the end of the day, eventually they do become a good team. Eventually you have to buy in. And this game being at home, them having confidence and swagger on that defensive side of the ball, them already stopping Aaron Rodgers before in that offense, and not just stopping them. It's not like they had a bad night at the office. It's not like they had a bad day at the office for that offense. It's not like the Chiefs and and Colts game where, where Mahomes was banged up and they had a ton of injuries and they just couldn't get anything going. No, the, the Packers were, were healthy were efficient coming into the game. They were ready to play ball, and they got shut down. I'm not sure what adjustments you can make to that first meeting if you're the Packers. I'm not sure what you're even looking to change besides just get better players, which you obviously cannot do during conference championship week. That's something to address in the offseason. They just had no weapons that could beat the 49ers defense. Their offensive line was dominated in that game. They're even more banged up now, the Packers offensive line. I I just can't see or I, I shouldn't say can't see because anything can happen, especially whenever you're whenever you're going into a matchup of Jimmy Garoppolo against Aaron Rodgers. Garoppolo could throw three picks and this game could be totally different. But I cannot predict that that Packers team can make enough adjustments to win the game. Because again, it's not fixing penalties. It's not cleaning up penalties. It's not protecting the ball. It's not waking up and being healthy. If the Chiefs played the Colts again, they'd beat them because they'd be more healthy right now than they were on offense whenever the first two teams met. It's not even that. They're more injured. They still don't have any weapons. And they still don't have an offensive line that can protect them from from the 49ers front seven. I cannot predict a turnaround in this one. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility, but I'm still going to have to go with the 49ers because of what I just said. The fact that I don't see even the pathway for a correction 
from the Packers from, from game one. So with that being said, I'm going to go with the Chiefs minus seven. And I'll probably honestly go with the, with the Packers plus the seven and a half, not because I think that they're going to win, but because seven and a half is a large margin in the NFL. And I think that this will be a close game because I think that Jimmy Garoppolo will not be ready to start the game and he'll let them hang around for a while and they'll ultimately come away with the win late in the game. So I'm going to take the Chiefs minus seven, the Packers plus seven and a half. Both those lines, thanks to our friends at the at the Action Network. So this is the Arrowheadetic Podcast, a part of the Fansided Podcasting Network. I'm Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Hopefully, I'm talking to you next week with the Chiefs being in the Super Bowl, the Chiefs being AFC champions. To let you know about next week's schedule, we will have a show Tuesday. We will have a show Wednesday. We will have a show Thursday, and we will have a show Friday. And then Super Bowl week will be here Monday through Friday if the Chiefs are in the big dance. So thank you all for listening. This has been the Airhead Act Podcast, a part of the Fanside Podcasting Network. Be good and be good to one another, and we'll see you on Tuesday. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.